How's it going? Um, I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. I slept in. So, um, yeah, I slept 10 hours somehow. Oh my God. That sounds so good. I, I have, I have weird sleeping stuff. So yeah, I mean, so do I, I just like, don't get it because it seems like how much I sleep seems like totally random at this point. Like my body just has no idea what's going on. And, um, are you on like a skit? Like, do you do, do you have like a daily schedule? No, that's the problem. Okay. I'm yeah. just like all I, over the place. That's why I'm like, I woke up today. It's like, I had, I had like an appointment, but not until like 11, but I woke up at 8.30 and I was just like becoming my dad. Just, <laughs> like was like awake on the weekend and just like angry that he was awake for some reason, but wouldn't do anything to try to fall back asleep. <laughs> Yeah, my dad like always for the longest time has gotten up at like six in the morning um I think yeah. just because he like he he always has to work early but like even on weekends he's like well I'm up now like when he yeah when he stays with me like he'll like I'll get up even, even if I get up at like eight he's like been out like had coffee <laughs> gone shopping and like I'm, like how mm-hmm. what how <laughs> it's so much and like I like all when I was a kid growing up, I was just like painful, like it was painful to get out of bed and to wake up. And now I'm just like, I don't know. I've It's hard for me to nap, but I so love coffee. So that's like a major drive. I like love everything about it when I and it like when I'm at, at night, I can't wait to wake up and make coffee. Oh so my maybe God, that's same. why. Yeah, that's yeah. like the one thing that gets me like stoked to go to bed sometimes. Just being like, oh, my God, I get to have coffee tomorrow morning. I know. And then I'm just like, this is last night I had coffee at night and it was wild. I felt drunk. I was just like, why? Like I was like tweeting stuff and I was like, wow, this feels like drunk tweeting. Yeah. Whereas, and and it was just because of, yeah. But yeah, I, I love drinking it. I don't like having had too much caffeine, but I love drinking it and making it. So here's, here's my thing. Well, I have a lot to say about coffee, so maybe we can. Maybe this is just the podcast. This is just the rest of the show. We're just talking about <laughs> oh, <yeah>. coffee. <laughs> um, okay, I like like the first coffee of the day is like fucking incredible. It's like kissing a duck and who is an oh, angel. So you know, yeah. it's like oh, it's so beer. it's so good. It's just like holding a hedgehog. Um, yeah. So and, fragile. Yeah, yeah, a, a baby hedgehog. Um, and then the second coffee is just like, what? I don't like this at all very much, but I'm still gonna drink it. Like, <laughs> there's such a drop off in in yeah. utility for me. It is because like the first coffee is the best, and then and then after that, I just I think that sometimes I just get another cup of coffee to replicate that first one, and it's just like the the moment's gone. You're just chasing that high. Yeah, and um, and after that, and then I just got into this thing of drinking like a lot, like like a lot, like too much. Like the volume was ridiculous. What's no? What's too much? Okay, yeah, it gets really weird. Like two large iced coffees. I but now I'm going back, so now I'm minimizing, and I. Um, I'm doing Cafe Bustello and I'm making it in a French press, but I have a, I don't very, I don't really know the volume that I'm drinking anymore because I'm not buying it, but 
So for like the- sometimes, like I work above a Starbucks okay. and I don't, I don't Starbucks is bad coffee, but, um, I would get like a venti and that would be like on top of like a large hot or cold coffee, which I think is too much. Sounds like a lot, but when I was in grad school, I would do like, I would like roll up, um, to teach at like eight in the morning and just like stop at the student building or whatever and get like a red eye and then Mm. have like a pot of coffee to like carry me through the day and then just like need to like taper off that and so then I would have to well have to is kind of a bad way to put it but I would then I would drink to like be able to sleep And uh, that was a bad scene that I don't recommend. Sort of yeah. like just managing your body with this artificial, like stimulant depressant exactly. combo. Uh, I was doing that too in college, though. I would wake up and I would have a red eye. And for a short while, I also had an Adderall prescription. So, and then I would, then it would be like crazy. So then I would like have vodka limeade while I was like cutting film and stuff and it was like great but then it was was, I spiraled out it was horrible longevity so now I stay away from stimulant like I stay away from like everything except coffee and seltzer yeah I mean those are the core substances for me as well um have you ever done have you ever done um there's like this advanced maneuver where you drink a coffee and then you take a nap right after. Oh my god, I think I've heard of that. And like, you wake up and then it hits you. Yeah, I've never done it. it's it's like I've done it a few times. Like, and you, it has to just be like a twenty minute nap. And um, I'm so bad at napping. I've only like started trying to do it in the last year or so. Um, because my thing is, I would never set an alarm. But you have to get up at like twenty minutes, and then like the caffeine hits you, and you're just like full of life and like happy to <laughs> be you um i really recommend everyone out there give it a try i feel like maybe maybe i've done that accidentally because for a while i would get really sleepy after coffee which i then found out is a sign of adrenal fatigue and then that's when i was like really wild and then i quit coffee so i'm always going back like off and back on it but now i feel like i'm not not never gonna give it up but um so i feel like I don't know. I'm whenever I'm drinking a coffee, I just like want like I'm just enjoying it so much that I wouldn't want to. But I feel like I believe you, but it's hard. It is to like yeah. give into that. Like I, I would have to like fault that. I don't know. But anyway. Um. Yeah. Well, I don't want to. I mean, I could talk about coffee all day, but I don't want to. You know, I know some people who listen to this podcast just like aren't into it at all. Um. And this having doing a podcast on like artisanal coffee sounds like maybe the worst thing in the world oh yeah no i'm sorry if no, i'm like that's, that's me that is me i am i need to i need to like call upon the better angels of my nature and like and pull out of this because this is me just like hearing someone be like coffee and being like let me tell you all of my coffee fan theories and I mean, headcanon and so interested in such <laughs> I, I am i love yeah anyway but um, <laughs> that's why I'm trying to do Cafe Bustello. It's also. Now, what is um, that? Oh, wait. Oh, maybe you don't have it. But um, I've seen it in New Yorkers like freezers. 
Yes. It's like it was always around growing up. And I grew up in like upper Manhattan, so maybe it's that type of thing. But so like it was always around. And it's just like really finely ground. I mean it's espresso, so it's finely ground. It's very cheap. For a can, it's like three or four dollars. Um I've always like not really liked the taste. And then I just realized that like now all coffee, like, I don't know. I think that my taste for coffee is just like, Oh, it's coffee. It's great. Um, but before it was like more refined or just like I was more picky. And so, um, there's a great Twitter account that is my friend Amelia and her display name is cafe Bustelo fan account. Mm-hmm. And I totally forgot that it existed for a while, and now she's been hyping it up. And I guess, I mean, she's not paid, but the marketing is really paying off for them. Where now I just realized, like, oh, I could be spending way less money. I'm very much going through, like, a survivalist phase where I'm not spending money anymore. I'm seeing this account, yeah. No, it's it's good. She's hilarious. (laughs) She's great. She's also from, I think, Upper Manhattan. Yeah, I do, that's like ubiquitous to me, even just like having spent a little time in New York, just whenever I like crash at someone's house and wake up in the morning and look for some kind of coffee. And this has been really disturbing to me, actually, because like a lot of the time that I've done that, there hasn't been coffee in the person's house. And I'm just like, how? are you sure? Like, are you are you sure this like, is where you live? Like, yeah, I've sometimes I've been that person and I've been like, oh, I'm just going to like run out and like get it on my way to work. But then. I don't know. I've had uh, different scenarios of like needing it. Like now I like, like making it at home. But then there was a start during that like Adderall college phase. I got the espresso beans. This isn't my most like <laughs> substance, like, like I need coffee or whatever. And I would wake up and eat the espresso bean. Oh my God. And then, yeah. And then. <laughs> Then get coffee, and then go get coffee because getting coffee became like a a whole event Mm -hmm. that I needed to be caffeinated before doing. I was also like, I lived near a Barnes and Noble, so I was like, oh, maybe I'll stay in the Barnes and Noble for a while. But and then (laughs) it just like snowballed, where like this one thing will like build up, and so now I'm like trying to fight against that and just be like, just do the thing, don't make it a whole event. (laughs) And so now I just like just drink coffee. You don't need to be, you know, and. The chocolate-covered espresso beans. Like, it's the candy, you know? I wasn't just eating beans. Oh, okay. I, thought you were, I just pictured you, like, oh gnawing on some roasted beans and just, like, just oh, going, no, I'm, going ham on some beans. I should have made that clear. But, yeah, no, there's like chocolate-covered <laughs> espresso beans that you can get, like, candy places, okay. you know, where it was, okay. like, shovel things. And I just yes. remember it was, like, Hurricane Sandy, and I didn't know how to make coffee, and I just had those beans. <laughs> You just, I just picturing you like pouring them into like a drip machine. Oh. Like, I think this is, is this, <laughs> yeah, is this like it? Chocolate. I have like videos of me trying to figure out, I think it was with Cafe Bustelo and it was just like not work. Like I tried to do pour over coffee, but with like random items in like my uncle's kitchen. It was also <laughs> Hurricane Irene. So it wasn't like, that was the one where no one got hurt. So mm-hmm. it was just kind of like, you stay inside and don't do anything. And then. And then everyone was like, went to like, I don't know, it was like going crazy afterward. But yeah, just like these weird, I've had a lot of moments where it's just like trying to figure out how to do something and like the inner, like, like 
the internet could tell me how to do it, but I won't read the directions for some reason. Once again, like my father <laughs> and just trying to like force something. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Now you were talking about making coffee into like a, a big thing, like a big event. Um, I feel like that is something that I do a lot too, not just with coffee, like just in general, like just building things up. Um, And I don't know what this is like a symptom of. I think it's like a very specific kind of psychology that can't just like do a thing that has to like hem and haw and like procrastinate and then sort of do the thing, but it's like a big deal. Is that something that like affects other parts of your life too? Totally. I do it with like a lot of things. Do you find like, do you... When you do that, do you have like, is it fuel? Like, is there a motivation behind it? Like, like with me, I'm like, oh, I don't want to like fuck it up sometimes. With, yeah. like, I think it's like partly not wanting to fuck it up and then partly like, I don't know, just like in inertia or like lack of it or something like just things like, um, unless I have somewhere that I have to be, I can't just like get up, put makeup on and like go about my day. Like I tend to draw things out and like just do them very slowly over the course of like a couple of hours. Um, Like I did like half of my makeup before this and then I'll probably do the (laughs) other half and then go out. And like, I can't just commit to one thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I have, I feel like for, yeah, that happens to me a lot where I will put projects off or I'll do them halfway. And sometimes I think that's perfectionism and like, but also procrastination. And like, there's some people that say that like perfectionism is procrastination and I'll just like, and sometimes that's like, I'm being just like too careful. I should just get it over with. But sometimes I feel like you, I need, like people need to do that and like think things out through more. But, uh, there was like one, I was like working on like at, at a job. It was like the first project at MTV and I had a boss, uh, this guy, Richard Turley, who kind of just like motivated me to just like do it. And I like got so much self-esteem from that because I was like, Oh wait, I can just do this. Like I'm capable of it. It was great. Yeah. I think that's like the trick is, um, um, this can sound, I think disheartening to some people, but I found it really helpful is like most people don't care as much as you do. <laughs> like um, <laughs> you can just yeah. do something and like people will be like, Oh, you did something. That's cool. Like most people aren't as invested in you or like your stuff as yeah. you are. I feel like that's so I'm like fully embracing that. Like, yeah, I recently have stopped, stopped caring about a lot of things. And I feel like, the thing I've been thinking of is like, like you're like, you're the one that's most concerned with that. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, not that they're, if they're not wrong or being dumb for thinking of that, like thing of, of that as a concern, it's like not to negate that thought, but just that like in the scheme of things, it's not affecting anyone else except them. Yeah. I mean, Therefore, just having perspective, I think yeah, is like super important. Um, and I'm curious, like, if this stuff was something you had to deal with with the book that, like, is is it out yet or is it, like, pre-ordering or? Oh, yeah. it's Now it's out. Oh, it my God. It was up to pre-order and then 
but it, people, but if you pre-ordered it, you got it like in the mail earlier. So okay. it was like kind of like this soft rolling thing, which I, yeah, is kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it goes up on Amazon and in like bookstores in major cities in like uh, June third. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, as if, as someone who's like dealing with like with those kinds of tendencies like around procrastination and like perfectionism and like getting in your own head, like. Um, for me, a big project like a novel has always seemed just like impossible because of those tendencies. And I'm like curious, like how you dealt with those or, or if you had like sort oh, of already yeah. overcome them by that point. No, there's, I feel like I dealt with a lot of that, like either like, like, oh, like working on it, but just kind of like staring off and like what, when it's ready, you know, like trying to work on it, but not getting that much done and kind of like spinning wheels. But then part of me feels that like something that like ameliorates that worrisome part of me is, um, that it's a novel, but it's not a, it's not like a lot of other novels. Like it's not like, it's, um, like the grammar and punctuation is like pretty informal and casual. And so, that I wasn't trying to replicate something else was really freeing in that I could make it what I wanted it to be. So I felt pretty, I mean, I didn't feel relaxed, but I felt like whatever I was going to make was going to be something that I made. And it wasn't like, I wasn't following a pattern. Um, like when, like those sewing kits that mm-hmm. like used to be pretty ubiquitous and that I haven't seen in a while where it's like that, that pattern, you follow the pattern and you do it. Um, I think that would have stressed me out a lot, but that I think a lot of what I was doing was trying to capture feeling. And to do that, I thought that I, to second guess it and to like kind of do like I had to, yeah, I think that that would kind of like antithetical to like my process. So I just like tried to make that voice shut up. But then on the other hand, like, kind of just like find the muscle in me to sit with it and see like if what I was doing was the right path. And so, I mean, some of like I, I'd been writing it for like five years, but I only really assembled it within the past two or three. So I feel like I did take time to try to like figure out what I was writing and like have moments where I like didn't, really know what I was doing for like six months or a year Mm -hmm. and have like take the time to like see what it was going to be like that gestation period. But yeah, that's something that I like think about just, I know like we're both on like Twitter for Mm -hmm. amount of time (laughs) where like, yeah, the, the thoughts and ideas and like behind tweets and the immediacy of it. Like I kind of miss letting things gesticulate into being something else. I don't know if you have like a separation between like your, like your, um, like published like work or versus like tweets and, and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Twitter has really, done a number on me in that I crave constant and immediate (laughs) validation for everything I do 
Um, Mm -hmm. And so doing something that takes more time feels difficult to me. (laughs) And it's something I've I've only recently gotten a little better at because um, there is, I think, the temptation for people who have done well with that medium or with maybe any kind of online medium like that um, to just sort of put everything out there um, Mm -hmm. as fast as possible. So like if you write something to tweet it or to um, post it to you a blog or something and there's nothing wrong with that necessarily, but it's been something that I've been working on over the past couple of years to like pull back and be like, okay, instead of just posting this stuff, to like a personal account, I can submit it somewhere or I can let it sit for a while. Um, and not everything has to like go out immediately, right? Yeah, like you can totally. sit and think over things and um, you have to if you want to do, do anything other than just that constant fire hose. Yeah. And that's like what I think of as like, I mean, I unfortunately the metaphor that just popped in my head is like a highway of like the internet and content and just like, uh, someone was, the other day was talking about all of, like, to be an influencer, like, all the shifting mediums you have to do. And it's just, like, I was listening to that, and I was just, like, I'm already so tired. <laughs> um, and um, just, like, growing up with blog, like, I updated my Zanga every day, and I was, like, kind of embarrassed about how often I was updating it. And, like, ever, like and now it's, like, not, I don't know, or it's just like, I feel like I really like pulled back from there for a few years and in like college never really posted. Like I had a poetry blog spot, but it was other people's poetry. It'd be like, oh, I found this poem like in a book and I would like type it up or whatever. And then like, like a flip switched and then, or switch, but anyway, um, whoops. Anyway, yeah. So now I'm just like in this like train of thought where I miss working on something, but then I'm also just like getting that immediate feedback is so helpful both for like work, like working through ideas and stuff, but then also in a social aspect, because like when do we see our friends and stuff like that? And I'm just wondering like, how are people like, how is it possible to exist in like a longer frame of time than the internet? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, that's it's like yeah. so critical to think about. And it's so easy not to. Like Yeah. Oh my god, people I people don't even finish the article. They don't even read articles. <laughs> Kids still read. What no one's reading. Ah, people oh my god. Um, they read hundreds of sentences written by so you know, it's just <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't read I don't read like, articles. They read so much. Yeah, I mean, but, I do. But everyone is reading so much that I think people just get exhausted, and then they've been right. reading all day. Yeah, but they've just been reading. They've been reading these crumbs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not yeah. to be like, not to like be Mr. Wilson shaking no, his no. fist, <laughs> because I'm Dennis the Menace, and I'm also, but I don't mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. Um, just to sidebar for a second, are you aware of the greater Dennis the Menace mythos? Um, what I'm speaking specifically of the fact that independently two characters named Dennis the Menace were created in the US and in the UK. Uh-huh. I have no no go okay. on. I um so the US Dennis the Menace is like this blonde-haired 
sweet, angelic boy who nonetheless, like, messes up Mr. Wilson's roses or whatever and has a cute dog, I think, Mm -hmm. um, and wears overalls. The UK Dennis the Menace is, like, this, like, black-haired, scraggle-toothed, like, striped sweatshirt-wearing monster who, like, tortures, like, other boys and has this dog named, like, Nasher. And, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, search UK Dennis the Menace because, like, I'm... Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah, sorry. He, like, looks... Yeah, I grew up with the Walter Matthau version of Mm -hmm. Dennis the Menace, which I think I loved and would watch over and over because I was very into Walter Matthau. Mm Because, like, what, like, small girl isn't. But, um... (laughs) Wow. And so, yeah, I'm in the Google image search, and there is the UK version who looks... Almost like I don't know, like kind of like Spinelli, and then like the blonde hair. What like the U.S. version? He's like supposed. To, he's like a menace, but he's he's not. The the U.K. version is so much more sinister. Oh, looking. he's he's like he just saws tables in half for like no reason. He yeah, tor- <laughs> he tortures these kids that he calls softies. Like he is, he is a menace in the most literal sense of the word. Um, so I just wanted to make you aware of that. Also, his dog looks like a possum kind of, um, I think that there is, there are usually are though two types of menaces where one is like the, the sinister one. And one is the like prankster. Yeah. I mean the two genders, right? Like, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to sort of make you aware of, of that. Um, but um yeah, I mean reading and stuff, it's like uh yeah, it's tough. And I guess I was thinking about this the other day because like you know, everyone is like talking about Mastodon lately and this idea of like moving from Twitter, which is just a bad platform in many ways and with mm-hmm. like bad leadership who don't address any of the problems of like their existing users. And are constantly chasing growth. Um, and for me, it's like I kept resisting that. And I still do because it's like, well, I don't want to go to Mastodon for like a bunch of reasons. But like the least mean one is that I have a big follower base on Twitter. And like I'm not looking for like more friends to chat with like on Mastodon about things I like. This is just like a platform for me to spew things out into the world now. Um, and I don't want to lose that. And then it was like, Oh, that doesn't feel great. <laughs> like that doesn't feel great to be tied yeah. to this thing, you know? Yeah, I identify with that as well because also I feel like I'm doing going through some sort of like existential thing where I'm like I feel like I'm like what is it that I do though? Like mm-hmm. air quotes do, where it's like now I professionally like write social copy, um, and I got that from being on Twitter. But when I was coming up, I was using like I was my strategy was different than it is now. And so now I feel like I'm in this murky place and I don't want to go somewhere else because like there are things that I liked about the platform and like that, like that it's I've kind of like built my life from it in a lot of ways. And now I'm like and that's kind of like what I was thinking of, of like, is it possible 
to like transfer this to like something where I'm not so exhausted all the time by like making something either a one liner or like, I don't know, like a, either a quippy thing online. I don't know. I don't know if I'm like spinning this out, but Twitter's just like proven that they don't really have our interests at heart, which sucks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it sucks. Um, and but I don't want to start over. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I've invested so much into this. I where know, like, I know. Um. Yeah, which is I think that I'm trying to, but I also think the internet's like changing. Earlier, while I was making coffee, I was like thinking of like how much growing up I always assumed like oh well everything's online, and then I realized that like oh it's not at all like you like we still need books and like archival movies and museums that like store these things where like, I think I assume that everything is online when it's not. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. And like, as someone who's worked in like digital media and like, um, you know, like games and things like that for a few years, the fact that a lot of the stuff is only online is, kind of scary because so much of it just disappears um yeah and there's no way to get it back a lot of the time unless people are doing that archival work it's just like it's gone and the the idea that like a lot of your work could just like disappear like that like um this big site uh kill screen which is like this games and culture website um that a lot of my friends have written extensively for uh, the other day they just like deleted their archives and the only way to access any of their stuff now is by buying buying their back issues so like no people can't link to their like portfolios of work anymore and it's just like it's stuck behind paywalls now um and that can just happen like at any time if if your work is all online which sucks that's crazy and like i mean i think that's one of the like when instagram began deleting accounts and stuff and people were like oh your follower base is gone in like a second um but what happened and I was like trying to like archive like a a few years ago trying to gather I mean my goal was like too lofty it was like everything I have ever posted online ever Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that was like (laughs) not possible but I was just like what it like all my stuff and then I went I signed into MySpace and signed into Zanga and both of those like totally destroyed the archive or like MySpace totally wrecked everything and also because people would go by like bulletins, which kind of functioned as like newslettery type or like just, I don't mm-hmm. know, versus the actual blog feature, which I think was less used or used in a different way. And then Zanga put everything in a format where like, um, like my friend Molly uh, is was also trying, like had difficulty, like it's a WordPress file, but, and I was like trying to figure out in WordPress and I'm not like, not like great at coding, not really a coder, but I was just like, all right, so here is, here it is in a file that I can't read and I have no use for. And it was just like, oh wait, yeah, this is like a corporation or a company that does not like have anything at stake. Like I'm at its mercy. And so I guess maybe like, maybe they are just like tools and platforms and things that we can use along the way to like develop something bigger. But that's like a kind of like annoying thing that happened with my book with um, someone called it a book of tweets. And 
I wasn't angry, but I was like, that's just like wrong in a lot uh-huh. of ways because it's a narrative and it's, um, yeah, it's like, it tells a story, um, not in a conventional way. And like some things have been tweeted before, but not all of it. And then also like Twitter is just, a, it's not a book. <laughs> like it's not like a tweet is a tweet. Yeah. And like, so I put all of this like energy into writing all of this content for free and now I can't benefit off of it <laughs> in the work of art. Like that's, I don't know. So gross to think that way. But yeah, no, they fuck were that person. just misinformed. Yeah, they were, they were just benefit of the doubt, but also, yeah, fuck that person. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I understand as an author, you have to be like gracious about that stuff, but I will say fuck that person. Thank um, you. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. Um, I just remembered a few years ago, I had this experience of trying to log on to, I think my first email account that I ever had and Microsoft had just done deleted it. Um, <gasps> I guess I hadn't logged onto it for a while cause I had stopped using it. Like in college, I moved from Hotmail to Gmail mm-hmm. and I still have that Gmail account, but I had been using this Hotmail account like all throughout high school, throughout some of middle school, and um, I uh, tried to log on to it at some point, and it didn't exist anymore. And it was just like, oh, that's, oh, I guess like, and that sort of like opened my eyes a lot of just like, oh, this stuff can just go. And like, yeah, there are ways now I'm really thankful um to to archive it like i took down my tumblr a couple of years ago but i archived all of the posts on it um and like twitter at least has ways of just like letting you mm-hmm. archive all of your tweets and stuff but like yeah that was just like my first experience with like the trans yeah. transitory nature of a lot of this like online work i mean not that i don't know that my my teen emails could be considered work but they certainly were like artifacts that were important to me yeah um, and they're just like gone now. Like that part of my, those testaments to like my personal history are just like disappeared, Oh my God. which sucks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm it's sure something I'm thinking about more lately. Same. And I'm sure that there's like, um, I don't know. I could assume that there's like a baby boomer that doesn't really know what they're doing and they like the same thing happened to them, but that account is like tied to like actual serious business things. Like I could sure. see that happening, but, uh, yeah, my AOL email, from a while ago, I tried to open that and it was just gone because I guess, you know, like whenever we stopped buying it, like when it was like America online, you sign in, it was from that. And then I was like trying to see if that would still hold up and it doesn't. But then sometimes it seems really freeing. Like it, this was a tragedy when I was 15 and I accidentally deleted my entire iTunes library. <laughs> um, and like music was my life and it was just gone. And then I just like logged on to like iChat and I just like told people and it was like, holy shit. Like there was no spot. Like it was really cold from like Kazaa or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but now like I'm going through, like I'm cleaning up my apartment and now I like kind of want as few like items as possible. And I, I like have backups of like my photos or whatever on a hard drive, but I can't access them on my computer. And I feel like growing up for a while, I was always like, Oh, well, if I like want to make something like I always artifacted everything 
and like kept diaries because like that's just what you did. Mm-hmm. And now I'm kind of just like like I was like holding or, or like I was like going through stuff to like throw out, and I was just like, well, what I what would I like want this movie ticket stuff to be? And it was like, <laughs> oh, because I want to like feel like it was like because of a, it will give me a feeling. And then I was like, well, I can like achieve that feeling through other ways. Like I was just like maybe too like thinking of it too much and like ele- like maybe it's not that serious or whatever, but I was just like like do I really care that much about like remembering what it was to see like I don't know neighbors with Zach Efron <laughs> when I was stoned 3 years ago and it was right. like like no, like maybe like like maybe I could get that feeling through like I don't know watching something or just remembering, I don't know, where like a lot of, like, what's the point now? Like I just yeah. have, I don't know. But I'm also going through my like survivalist type thing where I don't care about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I read, um, have you ever read that KonMari book that was big a few years ago? Is that the Spark Joy? Yeah. No, but people have told me about it, and so, but I, I don't know the context, right? So I just wonder if things spark joy. So it's like no, like it's fun <laughs> bastardization. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's. I think a lot of people have like kind of poked fun at it, but like, and I think certainly there are criticisms to be made, but like I found it really useful because it was about a lot of like letting go. It was exactly what you were talking about of like going through this the stuff that you'd accumulated and just being like, why do I have this? Like some vague yeah. sense of like, I'm going to want this. Um, and like certain things, like absolutely like old photos or whatever. Yeah. Archive those, like digitize them, do something. But like, yeah. for me, like that sense of like letting go of, of things has been really important too. And I think when it's on your own terms, and sometimes even when it's not like when you when you do lose something like that and you think it's going to be the worst thing in the world and it turns out to be like oh actually that's it's okay or like it's an occasion to to rebuild something in a different or better way that I couldn't have before that can be really powerful. Yeah. That's so true. I feel like that reminds me a lot of like cuz uh the apartment I live in my grandma lived in for like a lot of years. We don't own it, so it's like not like that, but it's just like um so this morning I tried to go through stuff and I opened a like a dresser drawer and there were these like weird wicker things that, like an old woman would have. And like mm-hmm. I opened it and I was like, "Oh, sweet, this is just sewing kit, whatever. I'll like throw it out. All of these things are like I don't know, like old needles." And then I like dug through and there it was like this there are two, there are two of them and they were ribbons and one had my dad's name and the other had my uncle's name. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this must've been like something you got in like the sixties to sew into like your kids clothes mm-hmm. or something like that. And I was like, it was just like the most sentimental weirdest thing that was like overcome with emotion where I was just like, Oh fuck. Like, like not today. Like, I can't do this right now because, like, all of that grief and whatever and, like, not knowing, it just seemed, like, bigger than me and stuff where, like, I don't know. I feel like that part of, like, the things you have, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I have, like, a lot of death in my family or whatever. So it's just, like, we're always, like, trying to figure out, like, what to do with whatever. And now I just, like, want it, want, it, want like, everything gone 
Um, but then in another way, I'm also just like doomsday about some things where I'm just like, will I need some stuff? I don't know. <laughs> like what, when like the, the walkers come? Yeah. Where I'm just like going through all these like floral dresses and I'm like, well, would I have to rebuy them? Like I might not, you know, like where, like, I don't know where, uh, I'm just like, should I start? I don't know. I always just feel like maybe there's like not enough, but I think that's just like a neuroses type thing that's in my head. I get that though. Where like I like in Blast for the Past, if you've ever seen that Brendan Fraser movie. <laughs> I haven't, but it sounds familiar. Oh, they like prepare for like I think it might be nuclear war, but they go down to a bunker and they raise their kid, Brendan Fraser, in their basement. And he, like, grows up to be an adult. And then he, like, leaves for some reason. And I think, like, it's the 90s or whatever, but he grew up in, like, 50s okay. culture. So it's kind of like a 90s take on the 50s. But then, so the scene that I'm thinking of is she's... Uh, grocery shopping in her underground bunker and they have absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. Like thinking about that stuff, I guess I alternate too between like, yeah, I just fluctuate when like I'm looking at things that I are around me with like, I don't need any of this, like get this all out of my, my site. Um, versus like, oh, but I'm going to need, like, I need my, I need, like, a lot of moisturizer. Like, what if, Yeah. what if they don't make it anymore? Or what if the store, like, shuts down? Or, like, what if, like, there's, like, an apocalypse and, like, I need to wear sunscreen? Like, what? Yeah, yes. (laughs) It's, like, wild. Yeah, but then I, like, in um, high school, I was, very political but then I was, I was also very much like idolized that like this it's embarrassing but just like thought that I would like live the rest of my life train hopping or whatever and mm-hmm. then I so like it was I was just like oh if I have cramps I shouldn't take Advil because then I'll need Advil and I'll have to rely on something and I don't want to rely on anything and that like type of thing but then it's just and then like sometimes I feel like oh I'm a human and like I need like like, I sh- like, like relying on, like, fresh vegetables. It's like, we should have these because I'm a person that's, like, I don't know, like, going without to kind of, like, as a safety. I don't know. It just seems like maybe it's, like, a preservation thing that I will rely on too often where I'm just, like, well, like, I'm not the only person in the world that's mm-hmm. going through this. Like, a lot of people, like, we need new things or whatever and just, like, even, like, I don't know, just, like, for me, I was just like, take the Advil, like, the world isn't ending, like, I don't know. <laughs> just like, for me, it's like, calm down, like, there have been other, like, I feel like I'm always scared of having clothes that fit or don't, or like, and it's just like, that's what like, I'm going through, like, my floral dresses and whatever, and it's just like, yeah, some of these I, like, love, and I don't know where I would repurchase them, but... It's also like I'm not the only person that has that need, so they must be somewhere. But then also, <laughs> I don't know. Like it'll be fine. Yeah. Like, oh my god, I just 
whenever that comes up, like, which thankfully with the people I know is very rare, but like, if someone asks me like, oh, like, what do you think you would do if there was like, like some kind of like global apocalypse? I'm just like, I would probably just die. Like, yeah, I would die. Like, I don't have like this fantasy of being self-sufficient or like this rugged individualist, like, Mm-hmm. like zombie movies have like sort of conditioned us to believe or like like yeah. all political ideology of like the United States has sort of like conditioned us to 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 want like I am fully reliant on like all of these like really complex social systems and structures and like without them yeah I would probably just die and, like, that's yeah. like yeah no, that's same. okay like in a way that's comforting because it's like devoting brain cycles to that stuff is like it's just silly because like everyone is interdependent on like, like yeah. just, I don't know. This is something really useful that I've gotten from like um, disability activist friends of mine of just thinking about like, we talk about like um, people with disabilities being like dependent, but like everyone is dependent on a lot of things. Like if you drive a car, you're dependent on like the supply chains that get oil and gas in that car you're dependent Mm -hmm. on like roads having been built like all of these things that we don't normally think of we just think of as like natural features of our world but like they're absolutely not yeah that's what so like um i was going through like a particularly bad breakup in college and i was like well fine i just won't trust anyone ever again because (laughs) i was 20 and that and then um someone was like someone like they weren't talking to me but I was like in some sort of like self-help whatever and they're like people like try not to trust anyone but like you trust everything around you like like you trust your car and like you trust that like if you get coffee like the person isn't poisoning it or that they're doing it right like you just have to like have this like like the things around you and so like I don't know I yeah with like doomsday scenarios I don't view myself as like I can't even run like I can't do <laughs> yeah. that so I'm just like yeah I probably wouldn't make it or whatever but I'm also like not thinking of like I, I am I am thinking of like doomsday things because of like the political climate or whatever but it's kind of like always been in my mind of like oh is this is this stuff ending and um like when like I got lip fillers once and I didn't <laughs> get them again and it was because they went away and then and, and it's like that doesn't mean it's it's bad or it's a failure it just means that like yeah you need to do it again because like that's like you don't do things once and then it's over like I don't know it's just like that's something that there that there's an end like it seems like like in my mind when I'm thinking it through it's like oh what an amazing discovery but I'm just like yeah duh where it's just like yeah, yeah that, that that you have to wash the dish doesn't mean that having silverware is a failure <laughs> it's just like life keeps on going and then like yeah so i, I don't know i'm also thinking about and like everyone is just like the world is ending it's like it would be easier if it was but unfortunately no we'll have to like deal with the problems right now yeah i mean yeah like 100 percent. um i just read uh pima children book for the first time um, I don't know if you, mm-hmm. do you, do you know her work or? I don't, I, I don't, wait. She's like this, her name? Uh, Pima Chodron. Um, she, she's like a Buddhist writer. Yes. She was yeah. recommended to me. And so she's on a list, which is why she sounds familiar, but I haven't read her well, yet. Well, so I just read this book called 
um, when things fall apart. And I wanted to throw it across the room like a dozen times, but she's very compassionate and funny. um, And a lot of the book is just like about what you're talking about is just realizing like um, how much of an ingrained belief or like desire we have for permanence and how destructive that belief or like chasing that belief is um and just like allowing for um for change and endings being like a really important skill and um that's something I've been thinking about a lot it's like what you're talking about with all this stuff it's like yeah the dish thing absolutely and like yeah it would be easier if like if if things were permanently ending in some way but like no like there's this continuance and like you have to keep dealing with things and like it's a matter of like figuring out how to do that yeah and I think that like urge comes out with me at least with um like if I'm like reading a book or a movie or someone's article I think it happened also a lot when I was more of an activist and I would be like so what now and just have this like like oh so it's not cured yet or like, oh, so that book did this, but it didn't like solve like something that can't even be like an intangible thing. Mm-hmm. But part of the reason I got burnt out in activism where it's just like, oh, this goes on forever. And I wasn't like sustaining myself in like a way that was, I, I wasn't acting in a way that was sustainable. But yeah, it would, oh man. I guess that might be like why like there are, things that don't have a point where it's just like, yeah, you do them to do them. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's how I've thought about a lot of play and stuff like that um, over the past few years. But even that is like, (sighs) capitalism finds a way to make it have a point (laughs) because like Mm -hmm. now that streaming is such a big deal, like, there's always this thought I think a lot of people have of like, oh, I could be making this productive or I could be doing this for yes. an audience. I could be performing. Why am I wasting my time on this? And it's like, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. That like the thing of like, um, it used to, yeah. Like, I don't know of like something, like something like losing your grasp on something or like lost opportunity but like reminds me a lot of like when I would be like cutting a film and then I would have to like cut something, but like the audience doesn't know what it didn't see. Mm. So it's just like the audience isn't grieving for that shot that you fucked up. And it's just like, I don't know. I just hate that thing. Like for so long, like especially with like tweeting when it's about your life too, where it's just like, Oh, should I tweet this like joke thing? like right now because or will I like lose it and like lose an opportunity but like I don't know that's so stressful yeah yeah it's, it's super could, super is like I don't yeah that's like another thing about like live streaming where it's just like I don't know I think that whole stuff stresses me out where it's like oh man <laughs> it just sounds so stressful yeah oh can I ask you a gaming question I'm um, sure I can't promise I can answer it but go ahead okay so I had a, this is an old one, but a PlayStation 1 mm-hmm. that was like used or whatever. And we had Cool Borders 3. You had sorry, which? Cool Borders 3. Cool Borders, the third. Yes. Of the New and Hampton so, Cool Borders. Yeah. 
this isn't super, but I, okay. So I thought that a gaming thing was you just slam on the buttons and whatever happened, happened. But mm-hmm. then I found out it wasn't until college when I, when people were strategic about it is that, I don't know if this is a question, <laughs> but is there like something about that? Do people talk about that? I just thought you slammed on it and you did a bunch of tricks. I don't know. I'm well, sorry. I've- no, no, no. This is interesting because like, um, my friend Bennett Foddy, who is a professor at NYU, um, he's like, um, we were having this conversation. Maybe the last time he was on the show, uh, or maybe it was just like off off the air, about like the ways that oh, he was making a game basically where like you would move a character around like on a screen, but like the goal of the game was to figure out like which character you were actually moving. Cause like a lot of them oh would be God. moving around. Um, and he was like, yeah, well like it's really similar to like, like that it's like such a weird thing of realizing like what input you're having sometimes, like mm-hmm. especially in like newer games where there's like a lot going on visually and like they're three dimensional and there's like all kinds of things happening. Like even knowing like what you're manipulating, I think is like, really hard unless you've been doing that for a long time um and so he was like sort of playing with that of like is your controller like doing anything or like (laughs) what is it doing um as sort of like a philosophy experiment i think but um but absolutely yeah like um i think that that is one of those things that like people who are in that industry or that space like sort of take for granted um or like similar things like um when I've like introduced people to to some games, like just being like, Oh yeah, like moving like having to visualize moving around in a fake three dimensional space on a two dimensional screen is like a really weird thing. Yeah. Like it's like a really weird skill that like a mental skill that you have to develop. Um so yeah, I think that's absolutely a thing. Yeah, I think that like I had a, always had a hard time playing games and like understanding. Yeah, I think I have. Like, I don't know that my brain really grasps them very well, which is why I haven't been like. I guess I've never really been into them, but that like sort of jump, and I guess yeah, is just like crazy to me. Also, yeah, just like the way like a controller, yeah, and like learning that language. So like weird. I have a hard enough time with other things. <laughs> yeah, that's what, another thing I think of, or like when we get to the point where the computers are in our brains and then things just happen and we don't have to think about what buttons to push. Oh, man. It's going to be so great for gaming, yeah. though. <laughs> but for, for the games, though, for the gamers, I'm talking about for the gamers, it's going to be really cool. That's true. Um, no, but yeah, you're totally right. And like, um, it sucks because I don't really work in that space anymore, but like, um, I have a lot of friends who still do and there's like some really cool stuff that I think is like appealing to people who aren't like deep into it. it it's just still really like inaccessible in terms of like the way it's presented or like um, the the skills that you need but like there are really cool experiences that are like being developed in in games lately yeah. Um, and I think people are starting to do a better job of like of of sharing those outside of that. Like, there's been some really cool stuff on iOS over the last few years. Um, but um, but yeah, it's definitely still like pretty insular and like way more insular than anyone in that space realizes. 
As yeah. I think that's true of a lot of spaces too. Totally, totally, <laughs> yeah. Like it, things that seem like the most important earth-shattering things like barely echo at all outside of the like where yeah. they where they start, right? Yeah. That's what I'm always wondering with like the internet now where it's just like where is the void and where is an echo chamber and what like who like having absolutely no idea how far anyone's reach is. Mm-hmm. It's very weird. Um, and it's very weird to, to think that you are like, uh, like any kind of a big deal and then be like, yeah. Oh, there is, there are many, many teens who have mm-hmm. like hundreds of thousands of Instagram or Snapchat or like whatever followers and like Twitter is for old people basically <laughs> Twitter is for old people and like um some some of them yeah. like me but mostly it's not as relevant as these other things to younger people which is a yeah. weird thing to think about but um I'm mostly that okay with it yeah I'm thinking a lot about age now yeah I'm about to turn yeah I'm a month away from turning 27 and which is like old now I guess but then I used to be like like I mean Twitter used to be like sad Twitter teens blah blah like I love them I love like sad Mm -hmm. Twitter teens and like teens on Twitter but I guess that's like not maybe then like as like I guess yeah they're on like Snapchat and Peach and like things that disappear they love privacy they're smart they're smarter than all of us um yeah but, like, I think also a lot of those people who were, like, sad Twitter teens, like, sort of are still yeah. <laughs> are still on Twitter. But, like, um, for me, at least, I've moved a lot of that stuff off to, um, like, a, a private account because yeah. as, like, I've gotten more followers, I've realized, like, I don't want to be tweeting the minutia of my life. Um, and I don't want people to know all these things about me. So it's just jokes and then yeah. all the sad stuff goes in this other account where like ten people follow it. Yeah, so. yeah, I know, like alt accounts and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm kind of like, yeah, I've pulled back a lot, and I don't, I don't have like the things. I don't know if you encounter this. People would just be like, how, like, how could you like say that? Like, not like how could like no, yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, sometimes it was like, but like, how can you be so personal? It's just like, oh, that like. I don't like that's enough. Like that was like I don't care who knows that piece of it. But like here is the well of things that I am never tweeting and like having a clear distinction about that. But I don't know. I'm just like so exhausted with, but like I don't know. Just like I think there's a point of just like I don't know how different like like the like they're selling our infra like Facebook sells like our information and stuff. But like how different is that from like monetizing our feelings into like jokes and one-liners where I'm just like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. So yeah, I guess with like all of the, like part of me is like kind of viewing things in like a long, a longer term game now where like, I don't know, I guess it's also that like someone as a prank sent me a ton of followers and it's like, (laughs) it, it was, it's horrible because like now it's like an inauthentic number and some people might accuse me of like doing it, but like, I ran a block list to like block all of them. So I think it's like, I've proven that I do not want to <laughs> 
but there's nothing I can really do because it also blocked a lot of like random accounts that like, mm-hmm. and so like there were like these teens that thought that I intentionally like blocked them, and I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Like no, you did like like I didn't even know your account existed. Blah blah. I'm sorry. And so maybe that like is a reason why I'm like viewing it as less of like a platform and more of just like a tool to communicate with things and work on like longer term projects and less of, you know, like it's not, I used to use, I don't know. I used to like love using Twitter just to use Twitter, like make a a good tweet or something. And now I'm just like, Oh, who cares? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Maybe I shouldn't say this. No. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But it's just like, what's the, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, who cares? Who cares? <sighs> yeah. Well, maybe that's a a, a good place to end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been so fun. Um and I'm really stoked to maybe hang out when I'm back in New York in a couple of weeks. Oh, man. Yes. Please hit me up. Yes. I'm a huge fan. Oh, you too. I'm really excited to read your book. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> we didn't say the name of the yes. book. Do you want to say the name of the book? Oh, yes. My book is literally Show Me a Healthy Person. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get it on Tyrant Books, which is nytyrant.com. Amazing. And on Amazon in a few months. Cool. And um, if people don't follow you on Twitter yet, somehow, um, uh, I forget the number of threes. (laughs) I forget the number of threes. I'm sorry. I read a thing about why why it is, but I forget. Yeah, I don't like. um, It's three, 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 yeah. Which is why they didn't verify me, I think, for a long time. I mean, mm. also, maybe it just, like, wasn't worth it. But I, <laughs> they didn't like that I was just numbers. Yeah, you're not. You have to – real names only on this platform. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Cool. Well, um, thank you again. And I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. And I will talk to you later. You too. Thank you so much. Bye. Secrets is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Woodland Secrets is a part of Stay Mean, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Mean at woodlandsecrets.co support. For as little as three bucks a month, you'll get access to a monthly newsletter and frequent bonus episodes of our shows. If you'd like to have a message read on the show, head to woodlandsecrets.co slash messages. You can help people find out about the show. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at Woodland Podcast and at Stay Mean Co. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>